well within a year in advance because of their popularity. Perhaps you did notice the word was. Their specialty was classy weddings. Not now. Why? Well, she was not born there. She was a flat lander. <laughs> she was a foreigner. Her neighbors didn't like her. And so one by one, and then two by two, the locals went and complained to the narrow-minded minded town council. And the town council then began to put up these legal roadblocks for licensing for everything for them to review. And the town council finally invoked their right to approve those licenses or not up to two weeks before the wedding. <coughs> you see the problem. No one can plan a wedding for it to be halted two weeks before the ceremony. I simply can't run my business like this, she pleaded frustratingly in front of the town council. That's right, one of them replied. He further went on, because we want you out. It worked. Now the place is up for sale. In today's gospel text, Jesus talks about pointing out another person's fault. If they don't listen, bring along some more to do the same. And if they don't listen to them, bring it in front of the church. And if they don't listen to the church, then kick them out. In other words, it's what the town council did to my friend, that's right, we want you out. See, that's the dilemma for me, why I don't like this text, is that the person doing the confronting might be wrong. They're guilty of spiritual arrogance, judgmentalism, hypocrisy. They are doing the correcting out of this sickening sense of enjoyment, the need for power or bullying. You know, that doesn't just happen in town council meetings. That happens even in churches. Okay, let's all kind of catch our breath here and pause. 
And it's not because I'm just about to have a seizure. <laughs> because what I preached was not so graceful. Because it was meant to be not so graceful. And sometimes people in churches can act that way and they want to push people out. I believe that Jesus is not saying push them out. He says, quote, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, here's the squirm in the pew question for you. How did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? Oh, let's back up. Now, to the Jews, Gentiles and tax collectors were the enemies. Gentiles were foreigners who the Gospels sometimes referred to as those Gentile dogs. The tax collectors were the traitors because they were the Jews who then worked for the Roman government and got rich because they scammed their own people. So let's not kid ourselves here. They were bad people. At least to the Jews they were. So how did Jesus treat those bad people? You remember that song, if you were raised in the church, in Sunday school? All I have to do is say the first line. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Stop. <laughs> he was a wee little man. And guess what he also was? A tax collector. And so, as the scriptures of the song says, they called him down from the sycamore tree, and then Jesus went and ate a meal with Zacchaeus and his friends, who were all tax collectors. And the author, according to to the Gospel of Matthew, to be redundant here, was Matthew, and guess what Matthew used to be? A tax collector. Now on to the Gentiles. How did Jesus treat these impure dog foreigners who used to come to him? Now he didn't say, well since you're a Gentile scram, I'm not going to heal you, and I'm going to withhold the love of God from you. No, he healed the desperate. He loved those who were unlovable. So if churches treat those bad people who are just thrown out, <clears throat> like Jesus would have treated them, then boom! He's just turned this gospel text on its head. It's not 
so easy to love another person. Ask any married couple. Ask any siblings. Ask any friends. If their relationships are genuine, then they're going to hit these bumps along the way where it would have been so much easier just to walk away. This gets personal, doesn't it? I know it does to me. Because it's so much easier to love those who love us as opposed to those who hate us. You know, this is not new. The earliest churches, as far back to the mid-first century, have wrestled with this very issue. For instance, St. Paul writes in today's letter to the Romans, quote, Owe no one anything except to love them. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now, I'm not even going to change what these two biblical scholars say about this idea because they're so blunt and so true. Quote, you really don't owe anything to anyone except to love them. That's the real point of what God has been trying to say all along, period, end quote. And a rabbi summed it up this way. <clears throat> what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah, while the rest is merely commentary on it. The complex question is, what is love? I mean, if the whole point of the Torah, and if that is what St. Paul is saying to the Romans, then obviously love is important. You all memorize this verse. For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only son. So what does his only son do? Not only did he have this group of followers, he also hung out with those Gentiles and those tax collectors. Oh, and he loved the world so much that he went to the cross and died for it. God so loved the world, which is defined as the entity that is alienated from and opposed to God. Jesus died 
for the world, which is not the end of the story, because death is not the end. New life comes out of death. And from time to time, we all need to be reminded of that. Now let me bring us back to that top question, what is love? Personal. I think love comes down to acting like God through giving sacrificially to those who are hard to even like. Evil takes, love gives. J.K. Rowling writes about love throughout the entire Harry Potter series. And there's this one scene where the good wizard Dumbledore and the evil wizard Voldemort are talking. The old argument, Voldemort said softly, but nothing I have seen in the world has supported your pronouncements that love is more powerful than my kind of magic, Dumbledore. Perhaps you've been looking in the wrong places, Dumbledore suggested. You know, it's so hard to see love these days in the hate groups, the clash with the protesters, in hurricanes, <coughs> nuclear weapons. what you're probably thinking about right now. Dumbledore suggested perhaps we're not looking in the right places, that we're looking in the wrong places. It is amazing when we act on the gospel text with that different interpretation and have one person become two, become three, which becomes the entire church who loves Gentiles and tax collectors. In other words, loves the unlovable. From time to time, you might feel unlovable. And I pray that this might be the right place to look. I pray that this might be the right place to find that love that Jesus lived.